Pastor Herbert kicked this off just a few weeks ago. And there are all kinds of addictions. There are people who are addicted to drugs. People who are addicted to alcohol. People who are addicted to painkillers. People who are addicted to pornography, sexual sins. People who are addicted to shopping. People who are addicted to food. People who are addicted to money. People who are addicted to work. I mean, there are a long, long list. It can go on and on and on and on and on. A lot of addictions. As a matter of fact, in our culture today, there are people who are smothered, suffocating, buried by their bondage, who just feel like they cannot get their head above water. They can't get a break in their situation. No doubt in a room this size today, there are people in this room who when we even talk about breaking free from addictions, you just wonder, could it be true? Is it really possible for me to get free from this? Because you've been down for so long. The thought of getting on top of this, of getting out of this just seems foreign to you. But can I just tell you, I'm so glad that you came to God's house today. Can I just tell you that you were in the right place? The devil made a mistake when he let you come today. Because how many guys know that 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's put our hands together right now and just thank our God that he's a God of hope. He's a God in freedom. I'm so glad that you came. I'm so happy that you're here. Because all of us face temptations to become dependent, if you will, on different things. As a matter of fact, just because there are different, different uh, addictions, you have to know there are different temptations that lead to different addictions. Don't you remember when Pastor Herbert pulled out his fishing pole? Come on, he was just going, going fishing in here. He brought it up. He had his tackle box up here. He started pulling out the different baits. Remember that? Because you understand that Satan doesn't care which trap he gets you with as long as you'll take the bait. Doesn't bother him if you say, I'm not giving into that. I'm not giving into this. I'm not going to give into those as long as he can get you to give in and be lured successfully into his trap. Right over here, he wins. He's got you. So he's okay if you're able to say, No, 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 until he finds the soft spot, if you will, the crack in your armor. And he says, I got you. As a matter of fact, I think that this title or this subject that we're looking at today may just be one of his most effective satanic traps because we can underestimate it. I want to talk to you this morning about the addiction of being a people pleaser. I want to talk to you about the approval addiction. Now, I know when you hear that, you're just kind of like, man, come on, dude. You're talking about, talking about uh, drugs and alcohol and pornography and sexual sins. And, and now you're going to throw people pleasing there. How many admit it kind of sounds like a minor league sin? You know what I mean? Kind of like JV addiction. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like B team. Kind of like, yeah, you're not as big and bad as those others, but I will give you a Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about? It just seems like that doesn't even fit. Except for, I think that that's one of Satan's most effective strategies. If he can get us to drop our guard, it becomes a gateway to where he wants to take us. I was here earlier this year. 
for a weekend at, at People's Church. And, uh, you know, you guys got a lot of snow this past season, like so much more than normal. And so one weekend while I was here staying in the hotel, got up the next day, came walking through the lobby, and I looked out, and it was snowmageddon all over Oklahoma City. The parking lot was covered with snow. The cars were just buried with snow in the parking lot. I looked out and you couldn't even see people driving on the, on the roads. It was just kind of like just this, 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 this uh, uh, just winter storm had come in and taken over. And as I was just getting closer, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Look at this. And the double doors, they opened from the hotel. And I walked out and as fast as I did, I was flat on my back staring at the top of the canopy. And you know what runs through your mind on that? Number one, am I dead? Because it just so happened fast. You don't know what happened. You got shot. You got hit. Something. You just know that was fast and I wasn't ready. I was thinking, man, is anything broken? Am I all right? And then the thing that we all think about, did anybody just see that? (laughs) So I'm just laying there on the ground, staring straight up, waiting for somebody to laugh or help me or something. Nobody came. I just started laughing out loud by myself. I was like, that just happened. I mean, it's just one of those moments to where... Here's what's crazy about it is it wasn't like the winter storm that got me. It wasn't the winds that came and overtook me. It wasn't that the avalanche collapsed upon me. I was looking at all of that, and it was just I wasn't even walking in snow. I was still under the canopy. You know what I'm saying? Just the first step out. I mean, just the first step out of the door. You know, just like I'm in, I'm out, I'm down. You know what I'm saying? It just happened that fast. I'm like, that is crazy. How many of you know that it's the punch that you didn't see coming is usually the one that drops you to the canvas? Not only do we recognize that, but the enemy of our souls understands that. And if he can get us to focus on all that stuff out there, he's cool with that. He's like, hey, I didn't give it. I didn't murder. I didn't rob a bank. I didn't do these. He's like, yeah, you're doing great. Before we know it, we're like, what in the world? And so Satan wants to subtly deceptively, gradually pull us to that place to where he has us before we know it. That's why today I want to expose the devil's lies. I want to expose his satanic strategy for what it is as we look at this approval addiction. Now understand, it's important to note when we're talking about pleasing people, pleasing people is not a bad thing, okay? Like like making somebody happy, serving someone, being kind is not necessarily a bad thing. So tell your, tell your neighbor right now, say, don't go crazy. All right, tell your other neighbor, don't be mean. All right, because I don't want anybody going home and all in the name of not pleasing people. You start going off and going, hey, I've been to church, you know what I'm saying? But even Paul, the Apostle Paul, said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33, Paul said, I try to please everybody in every way. You read that, like, come on, Paul, don't mess that up. You're going to mess up the whole sermon this morning. He's talking about being a people pleaser, being a bad thing, a negative thing. But what I want you to understand is we're talking about the addiction to people pleasing. In other words, you are struggling with the disease to please. It's something that's moved beyond healthy kindness, courtesy, 
some gesture of, of servanthood or love to where you wanted to bring joy to someone's life. No, no, no. We've moved beyond that to a place to where it's unhealthy. You know, food is a good thing. How many guys will say, yes, it is. Yes, food is a good thing. And here we are. It's close to lunchtime. And you're like, as a matter of fact, and I just lost half of the audience right now. Some of y'all in your mind already, you're at Cracker Barrel. You're already there. You're already at the table. You're already there. Because we enjoy food. Food is a good thing. It's okay. But when you become addicted to food, to where it now starts controlling your life, to where now you, you find happiness, you find like uh, satisfaction, you find like coping skills, like you find it in your eating habits, and addiction to food is a bad thing. I'm saying pleasing people, being kind is okay. But you'll never find in Paul's life this obsession with making everybody happy. As a matter of fact, when you look at Paul, he had opportunities where he could have probably poured a little water on the, on the fire and been like, okay, everybody take a deep breath. And instead, he'd take gasoline and he'd throw it on it and there'd be some riot breaking out. You could not say Paul is just consumed with being a people pleaser. No, he said, I try to please everybody in every way, but one thing I refuse to do, and that is cater to the crowd. He said, I'm not going to do it. There's a right that is right. When nobody else is right, I will stand for what's right. There's a wrong that's wrong. I don't care who says it's not wrong. It's still wrong. I will stand for what's right. That's his attitude. That's his heart. And so when I start thinking about the, the, what it means to be addicted to being a people pleaser, there are some problems that come to my mind. And I want to look at just a few of them with you this morning. So if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, you can write some of these things down. The problems with being a people pleaser, one would be, is that it leads to countless other traps. Remember I said it's kind of like the gateway addiction? If the enemy can get you so preoccupied with everything else that's going on and everything else that's taking place that you lose sight of just this subtle, seemingly nice thing, not that big of a deal. I mean, even in our society, like people-pleasing can almost sound like a compliment, right? Oh, she's such a people-pleaser. Oh, she just makes everybody. But they can, they're underestimating it. I mean, when you talk about, like, filling out a job application... You ever thought about this? People put down their strengths, and they're like, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. Because, you, you know, you're trying to put your best foot forward. So you tell them every nice thing anybody ever said about, well, people say that I'm really gifted. My mom says that I'm awesome. You know, at this. You just keep going. Long this, and it says, tell us about your weaknesses. And so now all of a sudden you get creative. Have you ever noticed that? Because people don't put down all the weaknesses. Yeah, for, well, for one thing, uh, I have a lousy work ethic. You'll never read that on anybody's job application. You never see that. Weakness, laziness, runs with a family. I got a double dose, just trying to shoot straight. You'll never see that. But instead, we try and get creative. So some people say things like uh, weakness. Um, well, you know, I just, I, I just work way too hard. I mean, I'm, just a, I'm very driven, sometimes overly driven, and just accomplish probably more than I should. So I'm trying to work on that and uh, get that under control. Some people, oh, you know what, I just have this overwhelming, just, just, just way unhealthy, just obsession with being loyal to the company. I just care way too much about places that I work. You know, they're trying to get creative. Oh, what? What would be a negative for you? Well, you know, a nice way of saying it is just, I'm so nice. I'm just, I, I, I please people. Can I just for a moment expose the fact that what we're dealing with here is not this minor offense? We're talking about the addiction to pleasing people. I'm talking to you this morning about something that is satanic. 
I'm talking to you about something that was birthed in the depths of hell. You're like, dude, you're coming that strong that early in this thing. Where are you coming from? Why? Because the enemy knows that this will lead to all kinds. It's not just another addiction on the list. This is the garden that grows so many other issues. I mean, you ever thought about the fact that a lot of uh, addictions start in the teenage years? You ever thought about that? A lot of people today who are hooked on smoking, it started in their teenage years. And it wasn't a teenager going, you know what, I just, I don't have anything to do with this money. I feel like cigarettes would be a good investment. You know, I just, I, I, I you know, I'm at a store and I'm like, you know what, that, that looks great. I'll try some. I've never had them before. It doesn't happen like that, does it? Someone says, dude, you ought to do this. It's a relational thing to where in that moment you're going, you know, I probably don't want to. I don't even, is that going to catch my lips on fire? Am I going to choke to death? You have all these feelings of I probably shouldn't, but it's overshadowed by the lure and the enticement of pleasing somebody. You cared more about what somebody thought about you than making the right decision. Now, we try and drill this into the, the minds of, of our uh, five little girls, and Jordan, he's going to get the same treatment because I am just convinced I want my girls and I want my son to grow up following God's word, to not be swayed by people, to not be lured in because somebody else said something or said they ought to. So sometimes I go overboard. Okay, I said it. Sometimes I get a little carried away. All right. Don't hate, don't judge. Just pray for me. But the other day, I crossed the line. All right, I'll say it. So my little girl's supposed to be out in the front yard playing. I went out there. She was not in the front yard. I started looking around. Can't find her. Started getting a little concerned. Long story short, finally found her. She had gone across the street. So I had to talk to her. Had to have a little come to Jesus meeting. You know what I'm saying? A little heart to heart that James Dobson would have been proud of. You know what I'm saying? This is my moment to parent. So I'm like, where did you go? Well, I went over to my friend's house, and I just, I didn't see over your friend. Well, we were playing in the backyard. Why did you go over there? You didn't ask me. You didn't tell me you were going. Why did you go? She said, because she asked me to come over there. And then in that moment, I don't know where it came from. You ever notice the older you get, you start saying things that your parents used to say? And I was always like, I will not do that. Yeah, I do. And so before I could even stop it or get it out of my I'm like, you went over there, so you didn't do the right thing because somebody else told you, come on over here. And you're like, all right. And you just went because somebody else said it. I mean, I guess. Okay, so if somebody told you, jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? As soon as I said it, I thought, at least come up with a different analogy. But I couldn't leave it right there because I was trying to fight back a smile, you know, because I was like, I just did that. So I thought, that didn't, that, what, it didn't work. I got to get a little stronger. So I said, if somebody told you jump in fire, would you jump in fire? Fire, would you be burned? Because somebody said jump in the fire, like, okay, I'll be burned. Would you? My little girl's looking at me like, he has freaked out. <laughs> Trampoline. He's got me jumping off bridges and jumping into fire. It's one of those moments. Why would I do that? I just want them to grow up. No, make your own decision. Follow God's voice and spirit. Don't find yourself doing something. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I did because somebody said or somebody would have thought or somebody would. Don't do that. It's a trap. 
You've got to just guard your heart against the temptations of the enemy where he'll try and use people pleasing to open up the door that goes into a whole world. And a person who is vulnerable to the trap of people pleasing will find themselves dealing with a host of other issues. Let me give you four quick things that would just be examples. Maybe let me just paint a picture for you. What does this even look like? Well, sir, for you it could look like you've got a great job. And there's nothing wrong with having a great job. You're working hard. There's nothing wrong with working hard. You're doing a great work for the company. You should. But when it moves beyond that to where you are addicted to the approval of those that you're working for, it has become unhealthy. And what happens is it seems so subtle because you just want to hit the mark. That now your thinking in other areas of your life has become distorted. Why? Because you are addicted to approval. Start so early on, doesn't it? That we just, we just want the applause. The little boy comes in and says, look how high I can jump. Nobody taught him just to be intoxicated by the applause of man. It was just say, I want approval. Look at how I can. And you say to a little boy, you want to make his day. Grab his arm and say, oh, whoa, he's so strong. Feel that mother. The whole time you're squeezing his sleeve just trying to find an arm. You know, oh. Oh, man, hurt my hand. And what would the little boy go do? Feel my other one. He'll throw that other one up there. Little girl do a cartwheel. Oh, why? Because we love this. You're so smart. You're so pretty. You're so fast. You're so strong. You get to a guy where he just wants somebody to say, you're doing such a great job. Company can't make it without you. Listen, we want to give you this additional responsibility. And intoxicated, you become more and more. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And you don't even realize that you've moved from health to now unhealth. And you're at a place of dysfunction as you don't even realize what it's doing to your family. Because i got to seal the deal. I've got to take this trip. I've got to put in the extra time. So now your whole framework for priorities and decision making has been turned upside down. You don't even realize you've become a workaholic. You don't even realize that because the bottom line is so important, you are now doing things that violate your conscience if you'd stop long enough to think about it. But you're cutting a corner here, and you're maybe uh, uh, using some fuzzy math over there. Why? Because it will get you this. It's a trap. And it's that gateway of just wanting approval that leads to the greed, that leads to the lack of ethics, that leads to the workaholic, that leads to the detriment that it is to your family. you got to be careful about the addiction of approval. For some of you, it's even just your friends. I mean, some of you actually do things or say things or go places or buy things just because of what your friend will think when you do. It wasn't even so much that you wanted it or that you needed it or that you wanted to go there. Some of you, it's not even your friends. Like, it's an acquaintance. You don't really know that person that well. But when you were buying whatever, you thought about whoever. Some of you, okay, this is going to get crazy up here. Some of you, it's not even about your friend. It's not even about your acquaintance. You are making decisions and buying things and doing things for people you don't even like. You're doing stuff, and it's with them in mind. Some of you got up this morning, and you were fixing your hair, and it wasn't just this is the day the Lord has made. You were looking in the mirror, and you go, wait till she gets a look at this. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You don't even like her. 
But here you are getting dressed for church, thinking about her. Some of you came walking in this morning and you can barely walk. It's like, what's wrong? I hate these shoes. These shoes so tight on my feet. My feet are killing me. You don't like those shoes. No, I hate these shoes, most uncomfortable shoes. Why are you wearing I wanted somebody up in here to see these shoes today. I wanted, just in case somebody wanted to know. Just in case you were wondering. You're buying a car you can't afford. You're going in debt. It's putting stress on your family. Why are you doing that? So when you get out, you can step back, close the door, look around. All right. Burp, burp. Burp, burp. Oh, I think I left something in the car, my Bible in the car, my new car. My 2014 right over here. I'll be right back. Burp, 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 burp. Oh. Why are you doing that? So that guy over there, see the guy over there, why I wanted him. That, you don't even know that guy. It's a trap. Then if he doesn't come and go, want to go bankrupt? You'd go, no. He doesn't come and want to fight in your family because finance is so tight you can't take care. No. So he says, what will they think when they see you drive up in this? You're like, oh, let's just find out. Wearing stuff, buying stuff, doing stuff, making decisions that are hurting you. I mean, honestly, you could go on and on, and I just think about some of the traps. Some of, some of you ladies, you are not yet as experienced as a cook as your mother-in-law, and it drives you bonkers. You want to talk about pressure, and then he doesn't help. Doesn't taste like my mom's. But boy, when the in-laws are coming over for lunch, for weeks, you you just sweating, you're trying, you're practicing, and you're just like, oh Jesus, here it comes. Lord. Help the chicken and dumplings turn out this time, Lord. She makes hers from scratch, Lord. Help. And she gets there, and you're living for that moment, and she tastes it. And she's Needs more salt. It's like your whole world falls apart. Like in all seriousness, what if you lived free of the approval addiction to where instead of, hey, my parents were thinking about coming over. No, 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 no. I can't. Why? What's wrong? What's wrong? Because I can't cook. She can't. No salt. What if you just say, I'm free. I'm free of that. And my parents were thinking, I go, cool. Now what you going to make, baby? Because you know my mom, I'm going to make whatever we make. Well, what if she doesn't like it? She doesn't have to eat it. I'm telling you, that was worth coming to church for right there. I mean, some of you, some of you are like, I received that, Lord. I just received that. And you should you got bigger things in life than to be concerned about the approval of somebody who need a little salt. And you're, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You know everything. I forgot. Betty Crocker, I forgot. Yeah, you got it. You got it. What if you just said, oh, just said I'm free. Oh, what you cook this in? I, just, I don't know. If you don't like it, I'll eat it. I, can, I like some. I already knocked out mine. I'll eat that too. You don't have to eat it. I'm free. I'm free. 
The enemy wants to do anything that he can to trip us up, to get us in that bondage, to make poor decisions. I talked to a guy the other day, successful businessman. He's one of the leaders in his company, and he's talking to me how he wasn't feeling well. I was like, man, what's going on? He said he had ulcers. I said, why do you have ulcers? He said, from stress. I'm like, dude, you make six-figure salary. You're the leading guy in your group. What are you worried about? He said, my superiors, they are always wanting to know what's next. They always want to keep pushing. He goes, I just live with this constant stress and pressure. Now it's affecting his health. See, the gateway is just hit the mark, exceed, go the extra mile. Come on, you can do it. The, the, the rest, it starts affecting your whole life. You're living with stress and ulcers because people always want more. And that leads me to the next thing. Not only one of the problems is that leads to other traps, but secondly, it's never enough. It's never enough. The great theologian Bill Cosby said it this way. He said, I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Endless craving for more approval is one of the main reasons that people find themselves bound in all kinds of stuff because it's never enough. It's exhausting to try and please people. It wears you out, and people are never satisfied. Have you ever watched a family, like, enter, like, an amusement park? You ever watch father and, and mother and little kids walk into, like, a little playland? You ever watch them walk into Chuck E. Cheese or, or you know, some uh, amusement park? You ever they, they just, everybody's happy and, and walking, like, oh, come on, Johnny and Susie. Oh, oh, look at it. Have you ever watched that same family, what they look like when they leave? like have you ever like paid attention to that because they get there and like oh dad I want to ride absolutely buddy you'll get that oh dad we just had to park the car out here that's okay I love paying $500 for parking son I love it because I love you I just want you happy so I paid that and, well dad what about our tickets no 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 not a problem son I'll take a loan for 1.3 million to buy Disney World tickets that's okay I'll pay for that that's good you get in it's like oh dad I want to go ride this ride oh it's a four hour wait son but dad okay son let's go get in line We'll just stand here for four hours. Dad, I'm tired. Get up on my shoulder, son. Come on. Daddy's going to take you all over the park today. It's okay. I'm doing all this because I love you. I just want you happy. I just want you to be pleased. And as you leave, no matter what you've done, I know this. No matter what you've done, you're on your way out. They want something else. On the way out, right at the gate. Dad, can I have that ice cream cone? You know what? I've walked you all over this park. I paid $1.3 million for your tickets, $500 parking spot, stood in line for four hours. I'm not going to buy you this $25 ice cream cone, okay, before we head out. I wanted an ice cream cone, never coming back to Disney World. I hate this place. This is not, this is not it. And then something up in you just start going, oh, no, you didn't. Let me tell you something, you little ungrateful spoiler. Right? Let me just tell you something right now. And now, see the brochure, they're coming out, they got their Mickey ears on and balloons going, oh, this was great. Watch. They're coming out mad and yanking. Dad, stop, you're going too fast. No, you wait. Where, where's my car? Where, where's section EE? -E? Where is section EE? -E? I can't find it. Your wife goes, it wasn't EE, -E, it was H8. I don't care what it's called, I just want my car. Where is it? No matter what it is. So I thought, why not just like skip all of that? 
And so I decided I'm going to try this sometime. I'm just going to, I'm going to skip all the steps. And I'm just going to say, hey, I was going to take you girls to Disney World. And they're like, oh, I'll say, but I'm not. <laughs> I say, Dad, I'm just, I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I know, but it's cool. We just cut straight to that. I just. I knew no matter what I did and what I spent that we'd get right here. So I just thought we'd just come straight right here. <laughs> Save me a lot of money. Why? Because it's just a picture, but it's never enough. You spend your life trying to please people, it's never enough. You never get there. So let me just give you this little fable that was told about an old man and his young grandson and a donkey. They were entering a city, and the boy was riding the donkey as the old man was walking alongside. They passed a group of people who remarked that it was terrible for the boy to ride while the old man had to walk. So they listened to the critics and changed places. They went a little farther, and another group said, what a shame to make a little boy like that walk. So they listened to their critics, and the old man and the boy walked beside the donkey together. Another group down the road complained that they were foolish to walk when they had a perfectly good donkey. So they listened to the critics, and they both rode the donkey. The next group commented on how cruel it was that they were putting such a burden on the poor donkey. So the old man and the little boy decided they were right, so they got off the donkey, picked up the donkey, and carried it for the remainder of the journey. Do you know that there are some of you in this room carrying things that you have no business trying to carry? You're dealing with burdens that God's never called you to deal with. It's because people are putting their expectations on you, and you think you're supposed to carry it. So let me end on a positive note, because I want you to know that there is a key to being free. What is the key to being free? of living with an approval addiction. It's simply this. If you don't want to find yourself living to please people, devote yourself to living to please God. Because when you determine that your life will be all about living for the approval of God rather than the applause of man, you will experience the freedom and the blessing that God has for you. I close with this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9-10. through 10. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Remember that first part? So we make it our goal to please him. What's the key to being free from the approval trap of pleasing people? Saying, I don't care. Not interested in catering to the crowd. But God, I am obsessed and devoted to living for the praise of your glory. I know that there will come a day when I will stand before you. And I'll give account for how I live my life on this earth. You know that natural desire within you for approval? That's there on purpose. The enemy wants to distort it and turn it sideways to where we want approval from people that don't matter. Who are not God. They will not be our judge. But that desire to please is placed by him in us, for him, 
so that on that day it can all come together when we hear him say those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What's your goal and what's mine? To live for the praise of his glory. To live for an audience of one. Question, are you living for the approval of God or the applause of men? And if you find yourself in the trap today of making decisions and doing things for the applause of this world, remember that when you come to him and say, Lord, by your grace, please forgive me. Please free me from this moment on. My aim is to please you. He says, he that the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's pray.